This is Rabbi Avital Hochstein of Machon Hadar, Chanukah 5778. Chanukah thoughts on particularism and universalism. On Chanukah, we mark two spheres of uniqueness and separateness, home and nation. These two particularistic spaces form a basis for identities of both individuals and groups of people. They provide a starting point for connection and, generally speaking, mark boundaries that project on those included and on those excluded from the spaces delineated by them. They carry the weight not only of uniqueness but also of separatism. The rituals of Hanukkah and the narratives that accompany them send a message of precedence to these two particularistic spaces, the home and the nation. The Talmudic tradition, however, in its gentle and incisive manner, also critiques both through the medium of its discourse on Hanukkah candles. The Hanukkah candles, with their light, also stand at the epicenter of an alternative narrative regarding Hanukkah, one that is actually universal and predicated on a deep recognition of the communality between all who are created in the image of God. In other words, between each and every human being. This recognition of the universal, shared elements of all humanity is accompanied by a clarification of that which is unique to the traditional Jewish approach to this shared human characteristic. Thus, the Hanukkah candle serves as a voice calling for a balance between the two ends of the spectrum, the universal and the particular. Hanukkah and the Home, Individual Particularism Hanukkah is the holiday of the home. The mitzvot associated with this holiday are defined through each person's belonging to their individual home. As it says in the Talmud, our rabbis taught, the precept of Hanukkah demands one light for a person and their home. The mitzvah of Hanukkah applies to people and their households to such a degree that one could view the requirement of lighting a candle as one placed upon the home. A home in this context is a physical space and therefore, for instance, a person must light a candle in each doorway that leads from her house to the outdoors. As it says in the Talmud, Rabbi Huna said, if a courtyard has two doors, it requires two candles. But a house is also the people to whom one is tied by the bonds of shared living. Thus, if a person finds themselves traveling during Hanukkah, they must share in the cost of lighting the Hanukkah candle in the hotel at which they stay. On the other hand, if members of one's home are lighting candles in their home, they are no longer required to light one. Since the requirement of a person and their household has been fulfilled. Rabbi Zera tells the following tale. Originally, when I was at the academy, I shared the cost of the Hanukkah candles with my host, 
But after I took a wife, I said, Now I certainly do not need it, because they kindle the lamp on my behalf at my home. Thus Hanukkah celebrates the domestic space through the Hanukkah candles. And yet, that same candle that must be lit by a person in their home does not delineate a distinction between internal and external spaces, but to the contrary, becomes a means for relationship and communication between the in and outdoors. As the Talmud teaches us, our rabbis taught, it is incumbent to place the Hanukkah lamp by the door of one's house on the outside. If one dwells in an upper chamber, they place it at the window nearest the street. As one can also learn from the fact that the purpose of the Hanukkah candle is not the illumination of the house to the extent that one is in fact forbidden from making use of the light of the Hanukkah candles, both the placing and the purpose of the candle are not internal. This is evident also in the definition of the time frame in which the candle must be lit. One may light it up until there is no wayfarer in the street. In other words, the time is judged according to what is happening in the external, public domain. Levinas describes this phenomena thus. The Hanukkah candles shine their light outwards. The commandment is to place them in the location in which the house is open to the street, the place in which the domestic life meets public life. The Hanukkah candle is therefore a means of communication between one's private home and the outside, between the individual and their community, between the intimate and personal space and the public domain. It sits in the liminal space between inside and outside and blurs it, undermines it, simultaneously making the border present and erasing it. It is an obligation placed upon the domestic, particularistic domain, requiring that it maintain a relationship with the general public domain. Hanukkah and Nation National Particularism Hanukkah is also a national holiday. On Hanukkah we identify nationally with those of our people, the pious, few and heroic, who fought and overcame the others, the wicked multitude. This identification is created through an awareness of a historic event that forms the background for Hanukkah. Since one of the things that shapes and unifies a nation is the historic events that all members of the nation carry in their collective consciousness and identity. And indeed, as a national holiday, it is not surprising to read the directive of the Tosefta regarding the marking of the historic event of Hanukkah. Every day on which there is no Musaf prayer, such as Hanukkah and Purim, one must add a prayer marking the event during the Amidah, the silent prayer. Jewish particularism is not created, shaped, and internalized during Hanukkah only through its historical background, but also through negative associations linked 
to the culture that stood on the other side of the historic conflict. In the founding story of Hanukkah, as it is told in the Babylonian Talmud, we hear, what is the reason of Hanukkah? For our rabbis taught, when the Greeks entered the temple, they defiled all the oils therein. The language of the Breita hints at the possibility that it was the very presence of the Greeks in the temple that brought about the defilement of the oil it contained when they went in. They defiled. There was a need for the Greeks to be removed from the sanctified space of the temple, for the Hashmonaim to overcome and vanquish them, in order to reignite the hope that holy oil could be found again. However, the candles here again stand and blur the particularistic aspect of the holiday, this time its national particularism. As Levinas again adds, these candles do not provide light for the family or for the nation. One does not light candles in a synagogue, as they are supposed to be seen by all passers in any public domain that does not represent a threat to those marking the holiday. Any marketplace without distinction between the national identity of those who are passing through is fitting for Hanukkah candles, and there is no opposition to non-Jews seeing their light. Hanukkah and Fear Human Universalism Hanukkah is also a holiday of light. The Babylonian Talmud tells a myth that explains the origins of the holiday. Our rabbis taught, when primitive Adam saw the day getting gradually shorter, he said, Woe is me, because perhaps I have sinned. The world around me is being darkened and returning to its state of chaos and confusion. This, then, is the kind of death to which I have been sentenced from heaven. So he began keeping an eight days fast. But as he observed Tkufatevet, the winter equinox, and noted the day getting increasingly longer, he said, this is the world's course. And he set forth to keep an eight-day holiday. In the following year, he appointed both as festivals. Now he fixed them for the sake of heaven, and others appointed them for the sake of idolatry. The time period under discussion, Tkufat Tevet, is very close to Hanukkah. And the eight days of celebration described in relation to it parallel the eight days of Hanukkah. Thus Hanukkah, through the lighting of its candles, turns into a means for addressing and coping with basic human fear that is the legacy of Adam and all of his descendants, the fear of the dark. The Hanukkah candles become a tool for coping with the human association between darkness and chaos and death. And with human anxiety in the face of nature, with its uncertainty and the feeling of lack of control that its intensity can raise. This time, however, it seems that the role of the candles is the blurring of the universalistic element. 
The last sentence of the mythical description, which tells the tale of the creation of the winter holidays, is particularly touching. He, i.e. Adam, fixed them for the sake of heaven, established the days of the festival for God. Whereas they, those who don't believe in the God of the heavens and earth, appointed them for the sake of idolatry. In the face of such a universalistic, basic, and human moment, the rabbis felt the need to reestablish boundaries and specifically to establish them in essentialistic identity-laden terminology for the sake of heaven versus for the sake of idolatry. The Babylonian Talmud reflects an awareness of the basic, powerful, shared human experience and the fact that every culture contends with the same human challenges, but each in its own unique way. This awareness contains a measure of humility, which does not seek to have its value awarded at the cost of difference and otherness, on the basis of hierarchy and precedence. On the contrary, value is awarded here on the basis of the ability to contain to offer meaning that is broad and open to all. At the same time, this all takes place alongside the continued awareness of the different choices made by him and them. And thus, by sitting on the windowsill of the private home and acting as reminders of national heroism, while at the same time turning outward to the dark and wintry public street and being seen by all, the Hanukkah candles serve as dual warning signs. They entreat, on the one hand, that we not sink into particularism at the cost of forgetting universalism, and on the other hand, call for us not to lose ourselves within the commonality of shared experiences and neglect our unique tradition. May we all enjoy a holiday of illumination. Thanks for listening. To learn more with Hadar, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.